and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that explores the very best of Glasgow Caledonia University and showcases how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and today's podcast focuses on the 150th anniversary of international football and the series of events leading up to his big birthday. And joining me today is a superstar lineup that make Kenny Dalgleish, Jim Baxter and Dennis Law look like rank amateurs. First on the team line it is GCU sports historian Dr Fiona Skill and Fiona great to see you again, how's things? Yeah they're great, thanks for having me back. Pleasure's all mine and next is Graham Brown, the gaffer and founder of the Hand Collection. Graham, great to see you tonight. Thank you so much for having us on, Craig. And completing the Holy Trinity is Lindsay Hamilton, the founder of the Glasgow Football Team. Great to see you, Lindsay. Thanks very much for joining us as well. Thanks for having us on. Look forward. We might be one player short of a -a five-a-side team, but I fancy our chances against the very best in the country and maybe even the planet. Now, before we get started, I think it'd be good to get to know you all a little bit better. And we'll start with yourself, Fiona. I mean, this is your fourth appearance in the Common Good podcast, but for anyone tuning into this for the very first time, could you tell us a wee bit about yourself and your role with the university? I am a lecturer in history in the Department of Social Sciences, and my area of specialism is the history of women's sport. So I've worked on a number of different projects looking at different sports, different sports women. And my current project is sponsored by FIFA. And I'm looking at the development of women's football in Scotland between the 1880s and the kind of outbreak of the Second World War. Excellent. And Graham, I introduce you as the gaffer and the founder of the Hamden Collection. Can you tell us a wee bit about the project? My story really starts with the first Hamden. And I moved into a street where Hamden Bowling Club is, which is on the site of the first Hamden Park. Very few people know that there are three Hamdens in Glasgow, soon to be four once Lesser is built. And the Hamden collection was set up to promote and celebrate every one of those Hamden parks and all that played on them. And Lindsay, you founded the Glasgow Football Tour in 2019. Could you tell us about that? Basically, I was in a job and was depressed at my nut. <laughs> <Truth be told. laughs> <laughs> That's the genuine story. And I was sitting at my desk. I had a part-time job at the Scottish Football Museum. Loved it. I just fell in love with telling stories, football stories in general. And then um, was like, I need to do this full time. I was just sitting there and I was like, why is this not a thing in Glasgow? Like, oh, 100% should be a thing. There's loads here. And I just wrote Glasgow Football Tour. Like, oh, I need to think about buses and tickets and websites and insurance. And I had this, like, mad makeshift list. Walked into my, ma- my mom's house and was like, Go start a business. She's like, great, <laughs> do that. <laughs> and um, this is us three years later, and it's just grown arms and legs. Really fun. So, yeah. Brilliant. So th- in three years here you are on the Common Good podcast. I imagine this has been the apex of your career so this far. This is the Champions League final of the tourism footballing world. Excellent. Let's keep the football puns going. Let's let's try it. I'm, do, I'm doing this sort of the hand action thing. If you were to you were behind in a game and you're trying to get a corner, you're a corner. <laughs> you're trying to get the crowd uh, behind you. You can't see this obviously because it's a podcast and it's all audio. But if you could imagine such a thing, that's what I'm doing with my arms just now. Now, as we mentioned at the start of the show, we're going to be talking about the celebrations for the 150 years of international football. But before we discuss the various events that mark the occasion, let's jump back to 1872 and talk about the moment that started it all. I'll come to yourself first, Graham. What happened in 1872? The story of football is a long one because Scotland's been playing it for over five, six hundred years. A lot of people you know, they, they, you'll get a, the standard pub quiz question, which is where was the first international football match? And 
for those that you'll you'll see he, see people scurrying around going right it's west of Scotland cricket ground Hamilton Crescent Glasgow. And in 1872, what had happened was uh, England had tried five times to invent international football and failed five times to invent international football. Um, so there was a series of representative matches between 1870 and 1872. At those ones, Queen's Park, who'd been formed in 1867, had been a member of the Football Association. So a lot of people don't realise that at the start of football, before the SFA was created, you could even if you were based in Scotland, you could apply to become part of the FA. Queen's Park participated in the first FA Cup in 1872. So when you saw the 150th anniversary of the FA Cup, they invited the teams that had participated in the first one. There's, there's, and the one that would have stood out was at 90,000 in Wembley, and there was a guy going around with a kilt wearing a Queen's Park top marking the fact that Queen's Park participated in the first FA Cup. They got to the semi-final, they were in the uh, they got a bye to the semi-final. And at that, they drew nil-nil with Wanderers, who went on to win it. They played the second half with 10 men. They couldn't afford to go back down and play the replay, so they scratched the match. And they said, right, there you go. You can walk on through to the final, take the FA Cup, the first one. But at that match, what had happened was David Wotherspoon and Robert Gardner, David Wotherspoon was the secretary of Queen's Park Football Club, asked Charles Alcock, to say, look, we challenge you to come up to Scotland to play a proper Scotland versus England tie. A match that would involve, picked by Scotland, full of Scottish people. So the five representative matches that had occurred, there was one Queen's Park player that had played and uh, Robert Smith, who was based down in London, but it wasn't picked by Scotland and there was no SFA. So what then happened was England took up this offer to either play in England, Edinburgh or Glasgow, come up and field a team. And Queen's Park Football Club organised the entire event, picked West of Scotland cricket ground, fielded the first entire 11, wore their shirts with a line rampant to represent Scotland and in that moment created international football. And is the And everyone's going to go to Qatar and talk about how wonderful the World Cup is. And if it wasn't for those ingenious people of Queen's Park who created international football, and the reason it was created is 4,000 mad Glaswegians who love football turned up to, to watch it. And in that moment, Queen's Park saw the future and went, this will become a mass participative and spectator sport. In that moment, in 1872, the future was born. And from that moment onwards, you have the explosion of football across Glasgow and eventually the world, because Scotland took the Scottish game, the modern passing and running game, to the world. What was the score in the match? Nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, there are many reports that say there was a dispute that Scotland actually scored, but the referee said it wasn't over the goal line. So... Just as VAR has come into the Scottish oh, yeah. game as well, yeah. there we go. We're going back to dispute 150 yeah. Where years were ago. You 150 years ago, stupid VAR. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're all involved in a series of events that are marking the anniversary. I'd like you to talk about them. We'll go to yourself first, Lindsay. What's the Glasgow Football Tour doing to celebrate the birthday? I'm involved in both... A couple of interviews I believe I'm interviewing Fiona at one stage and then I'm being interviewed at a certain stage again just talk about 
the football tours and really the story of the football tours. So the Queen's Park story, the Scotland story, the Scotch professors that went around the world and taught people how to play the game. It's really annoying and ironic that we taught everyone how to play the game that we invented better than us. <laughs> but <laughs> it's one of those things. And yeah, just being on the socials and inviting some cool folk along to such events. I've got some names on my WhatsApp that uh, I reached out to just the other day, so we're excited that they might be coming along. Can we um, ask you to reveal those names at all? Absolutely. I've never done... Uh, can I do it? I'm looking at Graham as if I'm allowed. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, cool. I've never well, he's done... been on the tour. So you can yeah, he's it. been on the tour. I've never done telling people that I have this man on WhatsApp, so it's Hugh McDonald. Ah, oh, brilliant. And, uh, yeah, I could just WhatsApp and be like, mate, did you see the game at the weekend? Uh, it's class. And the other one is my good my good pal now. Uh, the DC, because he always interests himself in WhatsApp, David Curry from the Brilliant. BBC sports scene and all the rest of it. So cool, cool guys. Fiona's got better ones than me, to be fair, probably, but I, I like that I've got those two. What about yourself, Fiona? What's the university doing to get involved with the festivities? So a couple of things. I'm speaking at a couple of the events that we're having about the history of women's football, because obviously this isn't just about the 150th anniversary. There are also a series of other milestones, and some of those are to do with the women's game. Um, So, for example, this year is the 50th anniversary of the Scottish Women's Football Association being founded, which is really significant. Um, And it's also, sorry, that was was last year, but this year is also the anniversary of the first women's international match, which took place in Ravenscreek um, in Greenock between England and Scotland. And what's interesting about that match is there was a ban in women's football, which you've probably heard me all talk about before, and weirdly, the ban got lifted in England, but it didn't get lifted in Scotland. So we have this really odd situation where we have our first international women's match where the Scottish team is not recognised officially. And so that team have not really had recognition until relatively recently. In fact, it was only a couple of weeks ago that the team actually got their caps. So we're talking 50 years later before they got their caps. And I was really um, delighted to have been invited along to watch that, that ceremony. It was really special and really important that that happened. So I'm going to be talking about some of those events and why they're significant, along with um, my colleague, Karen Fraser, who works at Stirling University. And then the university is very kindly has organised an event with our recent alumni, Rose Riley. She got an honorary doctorate. So Rose is an absolute legend in the game. And she's coming along to do a masterclass with our students and, and the wider community. And it's, it's a public event as well. And that's also going to be double badged as part of this 150th celebration as well. So we're really thrilled that Rose is doing that yeah. and that GCU have come on board um, and let us make this part of our celebrations as well. It's going to be a great night. So that's the 30th of November and you can book tickets. You'll see on our socials that, that you can book through Eventbrite for that. Excellent. I've been lucky enough to meet Rose Riley and she really is a force in nature. So that'll be something to look forward yeah. to. Graham, what about the Handum collection? Uh, what have you got lined up? It's a funny story because there used to, when we set up when I set up the Hamden collection, I put a ticker, a you know, clock time, you know, and it used to read four years, nine months until the 150th anniversary of the 1872 game, right? So four years, nine, eight months later, we're a month to go. And as I keep explaining, it's like organizing three weddings. So we've got the first the first event is kicking off at Clydesdale Cricket Club. And people go, why Clydesdale? Well, the first question is, why did football start in a cricket club? Because in terms of the international match. So the links between football and cricket are amazing when you start to find out what the roots roots are, you know, in terms of seven out of the eight 
founding members of the SFA were principally cricket clubs. Uh, 13 of the 16 that were in the first round of the Scottish Cup were principally cricket clubs. And Richard Young, who once you meet him, he did As the Willow Vanishes. It's a brilliant book about football and cricket at the start. And he's got an amazing stat that there was over 1,700 clubs, cricket clubs, in the Glasgow area between about 1860 and 1914. And people go, eh? And he goes, yeah, but unfortunately there's only 33 left. So that event is about why, you know, the first Scottish Cup final, people go, what was it? It's Clydesdale Football Club. Well, they were actually a cricket club first. So the first Scottish Cup final was played between Queen's Park and Clydesdale. Queen's Park were the only member of the SF, of, of the founding members um, that were actually just a football club, not a cricket club and, and a multi-sports because that's the way the Victorian you know, worked. So that whole event is about the links and, and the guys and the interviews that, that the guys will talk about cover some of the content. That's, that's the first one. The second one, we're actually in the Hall of Fame in the Scottish Football Museum. It's fantastic. So that's really focused on the Queen's Park side. So Queen's Park, you know, the innovators, the guys that created international football, did all the legwork for Scotland and the world in terms of creating what we what we just take for granted today. But back then, it wasn't taken for granted. This was a team that had only been established for five years and they pushed the frontiers. Um, and like Fiona was talking about, we talk about the, the birth of the women's game, but also the birth of the men's game. And even better than that, we've got the archaeology guys coming along with some of the archaeology they found. And then the third one, is the big one, which is the actual 150th itself at West of Scotland on the 30th, which on St Andrew's Day, and we've got a celebration um, to mark that event. So 2.15pm, roughly when it kicked off, because it ran late, it was a two o'clock kickoff, typical Scottish style, it was running late because of <laughs> crowd control, it couldn't get enough spectators on the ground, so it ran a little bit late, so 2.15pm kickoff, and we'll celebrate that. And we've got lots of plans to really make the most of that event. And, and it is in the heart of the World Cup. So England play Wales the night before. It could have been England versus Scotland if we'd made it, but we didn't. <laughs> anyway, so obviously the, the whole focus is on is on football at the time. And then obviously in the, in the evening, we've got the, the Rose Riley event. So it's a jam-packed yeah. fortnight. And we're so excited because there's so much to do. And we've got so as as Lindsay said, so many cool folk coming that that will make sure that we we'd make sure this this anniversary just doesn't slip the world by, which is the real focus of everything we're trying to do. That leads me very nicely onto my next question. There, what is the legacy for these events? Well, ask yourself first, Fiona. What's the legacy for these events? Well, I mean, I personally hope it's about getting people, you know, raising awareness of these stories, getting people talking about it, getting them excited about it and wanting to find out more. You know, I think we we talked as a, as a group because there's there's more than just a few of us. You know, there's a, there's a whole group of us who are all active researchers in different fields interested in this story um, and the stories related to it. And I think what we're, we're all passionate about sharing this story and getting people excited about it. And we see this really as a kind of, Kind of kicking off point you know where this is not the end of the story this is not kind of the end of the anniversaries and that's it and we move on to something else this is the beginning of it and we're hoping that that more people will become excited by it and take it forward as well and we've had lots of experience of this but the best way to tell this story is for people to tell this story and for people to tell them stories and for those people to go did you know 
do you actually have a you know and 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 really get people talking about it? So the entire events are 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 based on bringing people to those events who have reach, who have scope to tell people, who have influence, and it really is to say, this is Fitba One Hundred and Fifty, which is what we've termed it. Has about ten years worth of these events because the first ten years of football from this moment, from eighteen seventy two in St Andrew's Day, the next ten years are the most important. They were the most important one hundred and fifty years ago. They're now the most important for the next ten years because there are so many anniversaries coming up that have to be marked from the this international football, the creation of the SFAs in March next year, the opening of the first Hampden Park is next October. The first round of the Scottish Cup of all time is 150 years ago next October. In 2024, you have the first Scottish Cup final. So there's the 150th anniversary of the first Scottish Cup final. You have the 600th anniversary of the first time that football appears in law in the world, in Scotland, because Scotland loved football so much that the king banned it. <laughs> so King James I of Scotland banned it in 1424. You then have 200th anniversary, and I've just worked this out, the 200th anniversary of the world's oldest football club, which is not Sheffield. It's a club called the Football Club that was in, based in Edinburgh and it was the world's first football club. So even just in this next 18 months, you have so much to celebrate and it's all about getting folk, as you can tell, dead excited about it, being positive about it, and actually just telling the Scottish story. So it's not about anyone else. It's about Scotland actually turning around and going, do you know what? We did this. And this is why. And, and it's always up to people to decide whether they, they, they take it all in and they agree with us. But at the end of the day, it's, it's got so many strong roots. So that's, that's the whole legacy of this. And it's not a legacy yet, because you can ask us in about 10 years' time and say, what's the legacy if it worked or not? <laughs> you know the way there, Lindsay. What are your thoughts? Really two things for me, uh, I was like punching the screen there, Graham, just like, get them, just get them, <laughs> tell them the story. There's, there's two things. Football generally is just made up of opinions. When you watch a game on Sunday, Saturday, whatever, at the weekend, it's, nah, this this, this what I think, this, this is the time that we actually get to sit down with folk, big folk, big wigs, big journalists, all the rest of it. And actually just relay the facts and be like, this is actually the story. And it's no myth, it's no legend, this is it. It's, there's black and white, this is it. And the other point, the fact being that we do have some big wigs coming along, it'll be nice. I think there's people that know this stuff. Like they know, yeah, Scotland hosted the first ever international game. But they don't get it. They don't get why is that so significant. What's the legacy of that? happened 150 years ago well it's happening in Qatar in a couple of weeks time mm -hmm. and every other point in anniversary that Graham made there there's a legacy to every single one of them and every single one of them happened in Scotland which is crazy mm -hmm. but it's true so it's we're obviously very excited about it I nearly cry every time I take a tour that is not a lie it's ridiculous because I just get genuinely passionate about it so everybody kind of knows. We ask at the start of the tour, we ask it every single time, who invented football? And all the sort of proud Scottish people were Scotland. And you're like, right, if you asked 99.9%, .9%, like, what would they say? And they go, England. 
it's like folk kind of know the history they kind of know Scotland did something what they did we don't really know and we do the sort of how why who and then folk can go off to the pub and go here by the way did you know did you know did you and it just kind of spirals and folk get excited every time we do it folk are like what like how, why does no one know this why is this not like common knowledge it's kind of catch right too because I don't want it to be common knowledge because as soon as it's common knowledge, I don't have tours anymore. But <laughs> at the same time, um, like you really, it should be, it should be something like that folk are just like, I we invented this national, this international global game and this is who did it, when we did it, how we did it. And it's kind of nice. We're going to get all these really cool people around the table and be like, this is your story. This is, this is the people's game. We invented it here, and you now need to go and tell everybody. And go to Qatar and tell everybody. Actually, it was, it was these guys. But we'll see. I'm going to so, try and turn some heads. <laughs> <laughs> so how can people get involved then? If they want to get involved with these events, uh, how, how can they reach out? These are three events to get the whole thing going. We did consider you know, ticket events and everything else, but for everything we've just talked about, People don't understand why it's important yet. So these events are actually to get the whole, as I call, you know, we call it, the ignition switch of international football started in St Andrew's Day, 1872. The ignition switch of Football 150 to get people interested, to get people excited, to give people the knowledge to come and want more starts 150 years later on St Andrew's Day 2022. So we've been doing, I mean, the Hamden Collection has been doing this for five years. It's done lots of pilot events, the, the previous St Andrews days, to really get a feeling of how to get people interested and wanting to come to these events. So what we've done is the first event is really focused on the cricket world and the football world to say, right, how do those collide? The Queen's Park really centric event, which is at the Hall of Fame, which the Queen's Park guys have been brilliant at helping us organise in the, in the football museum, you know, really explaining the international football piece. And then you've got the showpiece itself, which is at West, you know, on, on St Andrew's Day itself, where people can come and do a pilgrimage. So, you know, these events are all about raising awareness because really to make it work, you know, this is, this is the bouncer to actually see are people really as excited and as interested as us? Because there's no point doing a ticketed event if people don't know why they're coming. So the, the real thing around this is getting people excited and interested and being able to get the, like this, you know, this, this is a brilliant example of the podcast, being able to talk about these events that you guys push out. So doing more and more of that, that, that as more and more events come along, that people can actually will hopefully do bigger events. If we can capture the imagination, you never know where this will go. But really it's following the story. You know, we've got lots of media outlets and everything else. I mean, there's also our Rose Riley event at GCU, which is a public event, so people can register to come to that. And I think also worth saying we're doing a lot of social stuff as well, you know, on social media. So people, if they want to follow the story and get involved, can follow us on social media. We're all on social media and the Hampton Collections on there. We'll be posting loads of updates over the next few weeks as these events unfold. Hopefully we'll also have some short videos and audio and things from some of these events as well to give people a flavour of the kinds of things that happened. 
and then we'll build on that hopefully going going forward as well and there'll be more public events so there's lots of ways for people to find out about the story and to follow this and hopefully um, as a consequence of the events there'll be lots of stuff in mainstream media as well that's truly what we're hoping and that the public will then become the scotch professors almost you know taking the story out further the way the scotch professors did with the original game so that's the kind of hope and vision <laughs> I'm going to stick with yourself, Fiona. First of all, I'm going to take off my football fan hat and then I'm going to put on my company man, Glasgow Caledonia University okay. hat on. How do these events all fall under the umbrella of the common good? Well, I think it's it's absolutely um, what the university is about. You know, it's about telling telling stories, sharing stories that about people who have made significant impacts in society but have often been overlooked for a variety of reasons. So again, if we're thinking back to the kind of the women's game, women were discriminated against and so... Nobody talked about their achievements. Nobody bothered to save the archive material around these games. And so they've been largely overlooked. And so part of what we're trying to do here with, with you know, approaches to both the men's and the women's game is to uncover these stories, is to celebrate these stories and to get them out there. And I think that's very much at the heart of what we, we do as an institution is about, you know, celebrating people. It's about bringing in unconventional stories as well, you know, things that, that perhaps don't fit within the kind of, you know, traditional moulds of dominant narratives. And I guess that's exactly what we're pushing against here because the dominant narrative is all about England and all about the English story mm-hmm. and the English perspective. And while that's important, the Scottish perspective is often overlooked. So it's, it's absolutely about what we do as an institution. It links really well with the research that's been done, particularly my own research, um, ties in with the teaching that I'm doing as well. And I think it's something that our students, you know, will we'll get excited about and we'll buy into it. I mean, we have lots of student football teams, if nothing else, you know, that will want to come along and hear about these stories and be involved in that. So it's completely aligned with our with our values, I think. Excellent. Right. I'm taking off my company man hat <laughs> and then I'm putting back on my football fans hat. And I want to finish up by asking you about some of your favourite moments involving Scotland over the past 150 years. And I'll start yourself, Lindsay. What has been your favourite memory of watching Scotland fall on the national side? The first one that always comes to head is very cliche. It's McFadden's goal in 2007. But when I really thought, when I think about it, like, I think for me, it was actually when the Scotland women team qualified for the World Cup in France mm. because it was so tight. It's Switzerland were in the same points ahead of the game. We'd beat them 2-1, I think, during the week. And then beat Albania 2-1. To get through, Jane Ross scored the goal. Kim Lowe scored the goal, and then Jane Ross scored. I actually, <laughs> I shouldn't have been doing it, but I was, I, <laughs> I was sitting in Hamden at my work <laughs> with the BBC iPlayer on <laughs> the computer uh, with my my boss at the time, Sir Richard McGrady, next door. Turns out the two of us were doing the exact same thing because <laughs> they scored, and I was like, yes. And I heard him running in, and I was like, oh, my God, like, try to click my computer button. He was like, we did it. We did it. Did you see it? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> thank God for that. <laughs> totally dodged a bullet. Um, and he was doing the exact same thing. Um, so I – and I went to France. It was my first ever major tournament. Um, I never went to the England game. I actually went to the Argentina game and had, had my heart broken. Yeah. Um, so first time that's well, it's not the first time Italy broke my heart as well, but that's the first time in person that I've sat and watched Scotland and been completely devastated by it. But it was so cool to have to have done it and got there. So that really sticks out. Actually, that's a big memory that sticks out. 
so for me it's it's not really a, a particular you know goal or or penalty or whatever it, it was a couple of weeks ago it was Scotland game when they were playing against Austria and when they were giving the caps to the 72 team yeah and just that moment when the team went out on the pitch with the current women's team and just seeing the emotion on their faces when the crowd were cheering and chanting their names and just thinking that's what these women should have had 50 years ago and they've had to wait so long for that and just just the sheer emotion of, of being part of that celebration and finally getting that for them um, was just it's a very very special moment and obviously we then won the match as well which was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting because some of the ways back to your point about how do we get the story out and one of the ways is through football poetry and you know we've got over a hundred poems on the Hamden Collection website which you can go and look at and go to I'm going to really push the poets, right? Because the stuff that they do, they capture moments. And there's a brilliant poem by Stuart Kenny, who's hosting the middle event, and it's called Davy Marshall's Left Hand, right? <laughs> Don't you say more than that? It's Davy Marshall's <laughs> Left Hand, and it's a day in the life of Davy Marshall's Left Hand from when he gets up in the morning all the way through getting his cup of coffee. And it's a brilliant poem just capturing why Davy Marshall's left hand is really, really important. So there's that one, because, <laughs> you know, Scotland qualifying for the Euros was just pandemonium, considering it was the middle of a pandemic, and there's nothing better than watching folk bagpiping on top of a shop in Edinburgh in Leith. <laughs> and, like, just, you know, the COVID rules and everything else, it was like, we don't care, we're just going to go out and make sure that everyone remembers this. And then I'm going to go back to that as well. It was It was brilliant. I convinced my wife that really going to the south of France to watch uh, as a five-day getaway, there was one thing on the, the the roster which was going to see Scotland, England in a World Cup. Because I don't think in my lifetime I'll ever see Scotland and England in a World Cup. And in Nice for the Women's World Cup was just watching the Tartan Army diehards coming down and they were literally like, we may never see Scotland in a World Cup again. This is a lifetime opportunity. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Let's go and watch support the women have done amazingly well let's go down and watch them in their droves and it was just and it, it, they li literally Scotland took over Nice that day because you just heard them in the streets it was such a phenomenal atmosphere and that that, that will always stick with me but just even bumping into people in the street and, and I remember one guy I met he'd flown all the way from Australia <laughs> and he'd went I'm, I'm from Brisbane mate I'm Scottish but I'm from Brisbane I've made sure I'm in Europe for this because I might never see Scotland in a World Cup again. And and that is just, that's the whole point of this. It's all about the stories. It's all about people's hooks. So much more than just kicking a ball about, like Davy Marshall's left hand. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me this evening. I want to thank Fiona, Graham and Lindsay. It was great speaking to you and, and good luck for the events over the, the next four or five weeks. I have no doubt they're going to be massive successes. So thank you to all of you for joining me this evening. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. I'd also like to thank everyone for tuning into this episode and I would like you to join us again next time we'll be in conversation with more people from the GCU community and beyond. The views expressed in the Common Good podcast are those of the participants and don't necessarily represent the views. Sorry, that again, brother. The views expressed in the Common Good podcast are those of the participants and don't necessarily represent the views of Glasgow Caledonian University. Please take the time to subscribe to this podcast. You can get every episode sent straight to your listening device by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else. And until the next time, I've been Craig Telfer, and this has been the Common Good podcast. <laughs>